Hi guys, I'm Rob. I'm Geraldine. And this is our podcast, Gay Book, Book Friends, Friends. <laughs> abbreviated as GBF. Just as a coy little... Coy? Oh. Yeah, a little coy shout out to GBF, if you're familiar with the term. It's our first episode, and for our first episode, we decided to read Cemetery Boys. By Aidan Thomas, which was an, a YA novel that I thought was pretty good. Yeah, so it's gotten a lot of buzz, for good reason, I think. Very good reason. It's actually the first book by a trans author to be a, what, a best-selling novel in the yeah. New York Times. It's good to see representation like that, because so much about trans identity, I don't think, is very understood. And, well, like, everywhere. The media, I think culture. benefits a lot from being so specific in its experience. Yes, yeah, so specific. Because you have a trans-Latinx author, and then you have a trans-Latinx character. With, it's a trans-Latinx story. And, like... The questions of sexuality, gender identity, they all come up very naturally and in a way that it's like necessary to the story and you can tell the person who wrote it knew what they were doing and um, it's just like very cute actually. It's a very fun novel. It's a really cute book you guys. We wanted to start off with something that had meaning but was also just fun and campy in a way. Yeah and I don't hate reading a YA novel. No. Listen. (laughs) <laughs> we are not young adults, but... <laughs> I mean... But this is something that's, like, a very profound YA novel. Like, I think, like, adults who who want to go on, like, a fun adventure, but also, like, from a completely different perspective should read this. Like, it's a love story, spoiler, that's, like, one, a ghost love story, which, like, who doesn't eat that right up? One's a ghost, one's not. Um, It's gay and trans. And just, I mean... There's not a book that I've read that's necessarily like I this. I think, if we're going to talk about why in general, I don't know, why is just, sometimes it's just more fun than reading all these, like, sad, depressing adult adult fiction books <laughs> that are, you know, it's just like... Every gay love story I read is tragic, and that's that's a trope within itself. And like we were saying before in, in our little prologue episode, like, we're going to read all gay books. We're going to, pretty much everything we're going to read is gay, and if it's not gay, then we're going to make it gay. And what will come up a lot is that like gay stories lend themselves to tragic endings all the time and finding gay joy queer joy it's really hard to find and sometimes like you want to cry but if you don't want to cry well you could cry in a YA novel yeah yeah You've but cried a lot. I cried a lot <laughs> <laughs> but if you want to like be detached from like I don't know the reality of what it's like to be an adult who's in love and gay well then just jump into like you know they're they're old enough to be in love certainly they're teens and it's just fun it's no the stuff. experience of being a teenager is very intense yeah. In a lot Just of Just listen to your driver's license by Olivia Rodrigo. <laughs> okay. The number one song in the country. Um, but I think, like, what this book does is it touches on really, uh, like, sappy, melodramatic, adorable teenage montages of love. But it's, like, in a way that you never see represented in anything. I, I am struggling. Every Where are you going to find a lot of trans love stories? Like, I think in recent times, like, we have shows like Pose, Euphoria, which feature, like gay and trans characters both of them do and then number two it's like it's just nice to see that it's like there is that um opportunity for trans kids to like have fun and be teenagers yeah you don't really get to see that this book is very like this is my culture this is the people i'm around this is how i celebrate it and neither of us are part of that culture so the way we respond to it might come from a different place Uh, yeah but hopefully we're being respectful throughout the whole thing. The thing I realized when I was um, looking up all these interviews was all of the characters are Latinx. There is not a single white 
character. Yeah, this out. is not for the white gays. <laughs> <laughs> this book is not for the white gays and the white gays. So basically, brujeria is like an occult religious practice that's popular in Latin American cultures. Um, and it's sort of like a witchcraft, I guess. And they go through that in the book where they're like, I'm not a witch. I'm a brujo. I'm not a witch. I'm a bruja. And what what is so cool about this story is that not only is it like a trans story of coming out and coming out to your family understanding your identity but it sort of shows how like in society the societal gender roles of okay what men are expected to do or what women are expected of but in like a latinx community and specifically in this brewx community where the powers you're going to receive the privileges you have like your entire role in the community is based off of your gender and how difficult that is when you're transgender and you know specifically this character like their parent is like the uh, the leader of the community their grandma is like the spiritual leader of the community and they have their own expectations they have their own rules and they don't see um Yadriel's identity as valid at all so not only are they battling okay I'm gonna live in America as a trans person I have to sort through this being myself in this community, which is basically, like, their whole life. This and it's a, a community that yeah. he loves so much. Loves. That he can't separate himself from that community. Like, he's not willing to sacrifice the community. No. He wants to be a brujo, like, yeah. period. And that's, like, the first... When you open the book, and this is a good way to go into when you first start the book, like, I actually started reading it, and it was really late at night, and I just wanted to be chill and just read something. That's... The beginning is, like, strong. It's sort of, like, you're going through it, and it's a million words that you don't know. Not because they're in a different language, but because they're just literally, like, I did not... It's like, I'm a brujo, and I have my aquilare, and then I have to get my portage, and then I have to go do the ceremony. And I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna wait until I'm fully awake, because it hits you really There's strong. a lot of ex- exposition that has to be done. Yeah, this this writer doesn't have any, like, imagery or mood in the beginning. I think when it started... I, I did notice that, like when I first started reading it, it felt sort of dry, like all this information. It felt a like, little pragmatic. Yeah. Like it was just listing off so many things and you don't know anything. Like I knew, okay, this is a great, this is a ghost love story. I knew that it, that it was a trans story. That's all I knew. And it was Latinx. So I started and I'm just like, well, this is like, I'm learning too much. It was like a dictionary <laughs> of all these things. And I was like, I really don't want to learn. Like, I just want to like meet these characters. Like I wanted to read and just have fun. That's not how this first chapter goes. Mm-hmm. Within the first chapter, you've already established that this person has this crazy conflict. That's not just being a trans person in a Latinx community. It's like they have a goal and a mission to complete a ceremony that has special pieces and ingredients and processes. And they have a hydro flask filled with blood. Yes. With chicken blood. That's like page one. And there's there's parts of it that entices you to keep going, but it's just, it's heavy in the beginning. It doesn't smoothly start. Yeah. Like we didn't really get to know Yadriel no. in the first chapter at all. No, it was like, there's Yadriel who's a boy doing something he wants to do. And his bestie, who's like spunky, his she's hag. there. Yeah, literally just hag. <laughs> she is hag. Like Definition. she is down to fight. For, like it's great. Um, and she'll just, you know, she has her pink hair. She's like a vegan, so it plays into all those fun tropes of like, this is the like the LGBTQ of this community. Whether or not she's queer, I don't even know. But it's like reminds me of just like. The friends yeah. you have when you're young and you're gay, and it's just and then they're like cousins. Are they cousins or are they just friends? I think I think they're technically cousins. Like, it's a little bit vague how everyone's you related. know like in these like heavy like cultural communities where like you call everyone a cousin. You yeah, call like, every like person an aunt. Like you know. Yeah, like I think he calls their parent. I think his actual cousin uncle. is Miguel, but like. She's... Yeah. So the main conflict of the story, which established in like right away after we've are we so much happens in the beginning. Like, when you read it, or if you've read it, whatever, you'll see. And his cousin now has has died. And it's because spiritually everyone's connected in the, through the magic 
of the this culture. So when someone gets hurt or someone's dead, like you you sense it. So that kind of sparks the initial conflict that mysteriously a cousin of uh, Yadril's and Maurizia's is dead. And so they have to figure out why, and they don't really understand. Um, and this uh, cemetery, it's, it's called Cemetery Boys, because uh, he lives in a cemetery with spirits. And it's normalized. Like, spirits just live amongst the humans until they're ready to pass on, or they're forced to, because yeah. they've gone... They call it, like, malinio, or yeah. they've just gone sour. They turn bad. They turn into, like, a monster, basically. Sour candy. Yeah. <laughs> Stream it. Cut through all of this explanation. Now it's like, if he can find his cousin... Retrieve the soul. He can prove it will himself. prove that he is a brujo because being a brujo in his culture, in his life, is equivalent to being a man. Is equivalent to that's like the final step in securing his gender identity. He knows his gender. His friends know his gender, but he just has this last hump to get over with his family because he wasn't allowed to like complete this ritual to become a brujo because his parents wouldn't or his father wouldn't let him. But we find out. This ritual that he was performing actually summoned a ghost. Yeah. He summons <laughs> this cute boy. Who <laughs> oh. <laughs> is quite adorable. Like, I'm, like, a little obsessed. Like, I love, you know me, like, I have the biggest soft spot in the world for stupid boyish characters. And, like, in this book, they're, like, 16. So, that, you know, I don't mean to sound, like, weird, whatever. But Listen, we appreciate himbo culture. Yeah. He's a himbo. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, through and through. And Yadro, I don't think, knows how to process what's going on because we really don't get to know the character that well. So no. we don't really know what type of personality he's really bringing to the table. He's just very determined to help and improve himself, right? So other than that, though, it's like, what's his chemistry like with boys? Because we learn, he says right at the back, like, I'm into guys. Like, it comes up somewhere. And now we have this cute boy who we summon who's a ghost. Yeah. And basically, his name is Julian, and he's just this, like, East L.A. Uh, skater boy <laughs> who, I guess, like, is comes from a family, like, where he didn't grow up with, like, a mother, um, has, like, his own family issues, doesn't come from a lot of privilege, and is, I guess, referred to as, like, the street kids. They live on the streets. Some of them are homeless. Some of them aren't. And he has his own chosen family. So we also have this huge theme of chosen family. That's Which is something you see a lot. In yeah. Gay culture. And gay culture. And this is a book about, like, your chosen family and that culture versus the culture that you love. You know, the culture of your family. And it, it's sort of and like not a not necessarily the conflict of that, but, like... How you have both. Yeah. First of all, Julian's gay. His friends are gay. He has another friend who's trans. So something that I loved in the book, too, was just how smoothly, like, Julian and Yadriel were able to just come uh, understand each other. And, like, there's a whole page where um, Yadriel's like, we're in my bedroom because now that he's conjured this soul, he's like, okay, well, you got to stick with me because I don't know what's going on. And he's like, I'm trying to release you to the underworld or not the underworld, the afterlife, (laughs) not the underworld, the afterlife. And he can't. This, This soul will not leave. Earth. So Julian's trapped here. We don't know why. Yadriel stuck with him because he doesn't know what to do with him. But he thinks kind of cute. So he's like, "You can like have. We can like have a sleepover." Oh. Yadriel's like kind of annoying by him. He's like, "What's going on?" I have to basically show the ropes to this dead per- this soul because he doesn't know what's going on. Yadriel doesn't even know why because this person isn't a brujo. Like he's not magic, so his soul should have just passed but he, on. He just absorbs everything so quickly. Yeah, adjusts so well. It's, that's one thing that I was, like, questioning. I'm like, is he a real person? I think once you get to know the character, just, like... It makes a little bit more sense. Yeah. But in the beginning, I'm like, there's, there was no crisis of him being like, I'm dead. He was just like, okay, well, that's really weird. For his benefit. Like, I mean, if I became a ghost. Like, I wouldn't want to be a ghost right now, but I would love to be a ghost. Oh, I'm planning on being a ghost. Who would you haunt? Like everyone, <laughs> definitely you, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> but I want I would want everyone to know that like I'm here. Yeah, I'm here and I'm queer and I'm dead. I'm ready to die. Not now, but when I 
When I do die, I hope that this happens to me because it's sort of like you got to reflect on. This is obviously when you're ghost. This is common in ghost stories too. Um, he gets to reflect on what he left behind because he gets to interact with his family and his brother from the other side of them reacting to him not being around. And he learns a lot about that conflict. Um, but basically, nothing happens love love story like in the beginning. They're just pals. Which I appreciate. Yeah, which I think is really great because this really gives us the time to know Yadriel I as a person. I think a lot of YA books like sell their books based upon romance, but the relationship it's no. not it's not hitting you over the head. It's not like oh, obviously, where like I I started questioning like how. if I didn't know it was supposed to be like a teen romance um, from the start, then I wouldn't have necessarily thought they were going to get together. Not because they don't have chemistry, but just because. It's got so many other things in that. They don't focus on them, this budding relationship between them really at all. It's just they kind of grow really like just endeared to each other because they want to protect each They're other. They're both very endearing characters. Yeah, I love them. I'll just say that. <laughs> <laughs> I love both of them so much. Um, I don't have a character in this book, honestly. And I'm su- this is supposed to be like a shady podcast or whatever about what we dislike. But I can't think of someone that I like hated. Like, honestly, it might have been more fun if there was a character we hated. Yeah, that's what I look forward to, honestly. This book wasn't <laughs> dry as the wrong word to use. It has a horrible connotation, but there's just no fat. Like, the book gets, it has the characters, it has their plan, it and it moves. It follows a very clear line. It's a tight script. Yeah. yeah. They know what they have to do, and which essentially just to regroup And is, I would say what? it's even sort of predictable. The reason I don't mind it being predictable, though, is because it's still, like, such a unique story for the characters. Yeah. If this was... It, okay, this is obvious. If it was just some witch bitch who fell in love with the boy, like, no one would read this. Yeah. <laughs> like, they live in L.A., and I don't know, I guess she would be a witch, and then she met a ghost boy. No. Everything that happens has a different context because they're Latinx, because he's in this community, because you know... It, I mean, this touches on basically the issue of, like, Street violence, gang violence. He lives a dangerous life, Julian. He doesn't have a family. But Yadriel has everything that he never had. And that's sort of like this dichotomy. But Yadriel is struggling so hard. He says, like, oh my god, you're actually lucky. Like, I wish I had your family. He's dead named by his grandmother. Dead named by his father in the first half of the book. What? See, the way I read this, though, is there are instances where, like, his family is problematic, but I do think his family, they're just trying to understand and get used to it, but they just think, don't think it's possible. They think it's out of the realm of possibilities, especially in their culture that's, you know, like we said, it was so um, centered on like gender and their roles mm-hmm. in the society that they just don't know if that's possible. And maybe, you know, not even trying sort of speaks to something, but I do think like there's so much love in the family culture. It's not like, you know, they don't kick him out. You know? No. They're just slowly They're not, they're not villains. Yeah. There's really... Honestly, the one thing is there's no villain in this story until, like, the end. There and is no then, villain. And when the villain is there, I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, maybe we do hate him. Yeah, I, I... Okay, this is the issue with the ending of the book. You're waiting for all the dominoes to fall into place, and you know that something's gonna go wrong. Wrong? And you, and you don't know how. And the, I sort of knew how. So there's a reveal. It's the fact that after all of this journeying, they're trying to find the dead cousin. 
they're trying to give Julian his closure with his family because he wants to make sure his friends were okay. Julian was mysteriously killed, does not know how. All he knows is that he was with and he wants his tacos. a group of his friends. Yeah, he's hungry as fuck. <laughs> All the whole book. And I guess like and he eats, there's some food that ghosts can eat and there's some food that they can't. This book was unclear in some ways. In in terms of like what how the rules of the ghosts. Yeah. But that's with every fantasy. But it's also like I don't care. I didn't really care. No. <laughs> Do well, I am I sitting here thinking like No. 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 I was thinking in my head though, I'm like, so are they gonna like be able to like touch? Because I knew they were gonna kiss. And they do. Yeah. <laughs> the, the villain. We're talking about the villain. The villain of the story is there is no villain. It's just that the villain is transphobia and tradition. But now um, there's this character in the book which is actually, and this I guess is where like the irony it was supposed to be like a gag because yeah. Yadriel has this uncle who was born like powerless, doesn't yeah. have the, the potency in his blood. He said, let me be oppressed. That character it, to me just did nothing. Yeah, I did not like him but um, he set up I as... I never found you funny. <laughs> I never found you entertaining. I never found you scary. <laughs> I just found you annoying. Yeah, I did. But the whole conceit is he's the same, basically, as Yadriel. And they connect over the fact that neither of them are really welcomed into the traditions of the community because one doesn't have powers or the capability for it, and one of them isn't allowed to access them because they don't believe that because Yadriel identifies as a man that Lady Death, the god of death, is going to grant him powers because okay. they see him not as his identity. Yeah, but Catrice... They just keep mentioning him throughout this book. He bubbles up, and I'm like, go to bed. And like, then it's he's, like, <laughs> he's um, the uncle that lurks in, like, the kitchen. And there's this one scene where, like, Julian was like, oh, him? That weird guy in the corner? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And, like, Yadra's always trying to, like, defend him. I could kind of figure out that he's the bad guy. Like, he does something. I just didn't expect there to be a bad guy. That's with me, because I just thought the book was gonna make a beautiful statement about you know, having love and then losing it. It's just so straightforward. Not mm. straightforward, you know. It Not just straight. Feels... It's nothing about this book is straight, <laughs> but just, continue. It just feels very, like, it should follow, and it does follow a very traditional, like, plot structure, especially when it comes to, like, YA, but it just doesn't feel like that. I think it was done a little bit too well, so where it was, like, there was less mystery. Like, I wasn't dying to figure out where Miguel was. I forgot. I did not care about him. Did Miguel. not really care about him, because we don't meet Which him. Which is sad, because he seems sweet. Yeah, well, that's all we know. <laughs> it's every sign this poor boy who's murdered at the onslaught of the book. He's is, an ally. He is so nice. He has nice brown hair. He has kind eyes. He, like, works in the... He stayed home to take care of someone. You know what? He probably is like, a great guy. <laughs> I would like to meet Miguel. You know what? I feel bad today on Miguel. He's probably great. And he unfortunately dies. But we the, get to the point in the story where something's going on. Julian is, who is a ghost. They actually get back to, like, the whole idea. Yeah, it, it, but it for me, it rushes. The Day of the Dead comes on November 1st. Yadriel's going to meet his mom again. She gets to come back uh, for two days and live amongst... Which he forgets about. Yeah, like, I would have liked, I was so excited to have a moment where now we've really, because his mother was, like, his ally. Like, she always understood more, had the tools to understand, okay, his identity's valid, and he can be a brujo, he can have Matt, blah, blah, blah. So I want to meet her. And we're racing towards that, and that's all I'm thinking about. And she's really not a character until the epilogue of this book, which is not an epilogue. Yeah. It's the same day. It's a chapter. Yeah, it's just a chapter. I was, like, excited to, to jump forward, but yeah. we didn't jump forward at all. We just went to the next day. We get to this point where it is Day of the Dead, and we're going to have this, but instead it's like... It doesn't feel... Wait, like we're running to the dungeon of this ancient church where the... Like, 
out of like nowhere. But at I'm, the same time, it doesn't feel climactic at all. No, because I laughed when <laughs> all of a sudden we're in this dungeon with this like dancing green and blue light. It's like terrifying. Like uh, some, sounds like a gay club. Yeah, they find their way <laughs> down here, and there's just bodies laid out on random tables, which also sounds like a gay club. And they're like, "What is going on?" And he's like, "I'm I'm freaking out. Here's Julian's dead body, but he's not dead." And he turns around and he's like, "Uncle Catrice, just like a jaguar." And then it's like, "Hey." It's just like, "Oh, he's here." He literally says, "Hey, like you found it. Like me and you, boo." The uncle's under the impression that Yadril is, doesn't have a place in the community and doesn't really understand that he has powers, yeah. right? So, he's but he thinking, does find out before yeah. then. Confusing. Yadro says something along the lines of like, but I Wait, but conjured it... the spirit of Julian, which would mean that he has powers. But the uncle was the only one who knew that Yadriel even went through the ceremony. See, I was the gonna powers. say something, but then even that doesn't make sense. Because I was gonna say, oh I said it doesn't. <laughs> Disagreeing. <laughs> I thought you said don't say it. <laughs> oh no! Don't say it. Don't do it. Cause it would have made more sense, you know, in terms of plot and explaining what is happening that like his uncle sees him be able to do this thing that everyone thought is impossible. Mm -hmm. And that encourages the uncle. But the uncle has already killed two people. Oh, yeah. He so, killed four. Yeah. All four bodies. So what was the point of him finding out? I don't know. I think it was supposed to endear us to the uncle because y Yadril has this, this tool, this like knife that means when you're a brujo and you have your magic, you have this tool. And it's a big secret. No one can see it. So one time his dad is about to see it. He's about to find out, and it's a big secret, and the uncle's like, wait, like, um, no, look at, like, he caused a whole distraction. So now we're supposed to think, oh, this uncle's, like, Yadriel's ally. That's why. But still, but still, I forgot the uncle was a thing, and there's so many movies where, oh, like, the innocent person, you you didn't expect it to be behind all of this. But behind what? Behind, like, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, the grandma, at some point... When everyone's just hanging out, and she doing keeps something. going like, "Where is that?" She's like, "Where is the jaguar knives that Where when are you they? use it?" And why she wants it? No, no idea. idea. <laughs> she just goes, "Yeah, Joel, have you seen the ancient?" Uh, like, why was she even looking for them? We don't know why they're important. Yeah, we never know, and it's brought up twice. Twice she said, "She's like, yeah, Joel, have to help me find these," or she's like, "Catrice." Couldn't get them from the top shelf? And he's like, oh yeah, Ma, like, I'll do it. Meanwhile, he already took out four people, has them in a dungeon with, has these... Sounds kinky. So is he gay? Because he's like 50, and he's seemingly, his life sucks. I mean, his brother has a wife and children, and is the leader of the... Because that's, that's also part of his complex, that his little brother is the leader of the community, even though he was the first born. But it's like, who cares? No one cares. This man who's angry about his unfulfilled destiny is reacting. It's like a Scar story from yeah. Lion King. It's, I don't know if Scar was older, but who gives a fuck? The point is they're brothers, one's jealous of the other. Okay, okay. I just want them to kiss. I just want the, I just want the boys to have fun. Like, I didn't even care. This fight is like, what happened? It's like a page and a half and there's a scuffle. I didn't know what was happening. Like, like, okay, the uncle has the powers. This is the thing about this book. The book is so well <laughs> done. Me. <laughs> Calm me down. The Tell book me. is so well done in representation, in characterization, yeah. in building relationships, and making us feel something for these characters. But it's not compelling. Is it called like situational it's, irony? It's where it's like, even... oh, he's the villain, but yeah. he was the nice guy. I didn't have it's that experience at all. It's just not convincing enough. Like, no. it's not strong enough in those other aspects. If but you, I forgive yeah. them because... Oh, yeah, we forgive them. We forgive them. So, like, nothing we're saying, like, even matters. Yeah, our friends on this doesn't matter because the book is great. But, 
Like, yeah, I think, duh, for a YA novel, it moves through so swiftly, covers a lot of ground about all the different cultures, queer, Latinx, everything, and love. Like, you really, by the time these characters, like, even though we said we, we weren't expecting it to happen, like, when they ended up kissing, which is, like, the most melodramatic, like, they went to a party on the beach, and then they're driving in a stolen car down the Pacific Coast Highway, going up to Lookout they're Point, laughing. probably by the Hollywood sign, the sun is setting, they're blasting music from the car. We're in the car right now. Yeah, and they're just... <laughs> Just, and 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 Yajra's looking over, just so uh, falling in, like just Yajra's drenched eyes in love. Are on the road. It's funny because it all moves really quickly, but that's probably one of my favorite parts of the book. Was like I wanted to see finally when they do have like this big moment because um, they they spend a lot of time where where the where the author does go into a lot of imagery is describing like the touch and the electricity between the two of them because it one's is a, sort of an alluring concept when you talk about like paranormal romance. Mm-hmm. We're like, how does it work though? Yeah, you really <laughs> want to know because he starts off as a ghost where everything he touches, his hand goes through it. But when he's feeling his most passionate, when he's his most angry, yeah. or like. And times when he's triggered about like trauma in his life he acts out and he can punch holes in the wall he has a violent side for sure which we could talk about because there's a whole chapter we'll get we'll get to it when he can't be with yadriel and he's trying to get to him i'm like calm the fuck down like did yadriel feel this way about you and that also came out of nowhere because we know that they like each other but you don't know how much julian really feels and towards the end of the book we get a chapter basically oops sorry from like his perspective um, that is very intense. Yeah. So. Be- Which feels out of nowhere. Yeah, felt out of nowhere. But you liked it. You, you want that moment. You want these teens to have, like, their big, like, the way he describes kissing a ghost, it's like, I love that. Like, I, that's exactly how I like, feel like I it would feel. Like, I want a ghost boyfriend. Oh, I fully want a ghost boyfriend. Sometimes it feels like a CW script. Like, this is very common in YA novels where the dialogue that goes on is a little bit unnatural. Like, there's this character, Flaka, who is trans woman, and there's just a moment where... Yadriel meets this character, basically really introduces himself for the first time to her. And it's just something about the dialogue between it. It felt a little bit unnatural. Because I'm like, would they say this to each other? It just made me laugh. Not laugh, but he was like, she's like, what's your real name? Much better. This book is probably being picked up by some studios out there. Yeah. Because it's so successful. It'll be an Amazon Prime Limited series. (laughs) Most likely. I hope it is. I see this book being a series very easily yeah but the problem that sort of like changes it at the very end is that julian comes back to life yeah so if if he were to like do a series with this i don't know what julian would do because i can see like yeah you're like ghost hunting you know like saving people you Mm -hmm. know doing that thing with maritza but like what is julian going to do that's why i'm thinking limited series because it's like just ends where it ends I mean, he comes back to life, which, I don't know, I didn't really want it to happen. No, I like when people die. I kind of wanted them to suffer. <laughs> yeah, I like when we... We had this whole spiel about, like, tragic gay stories. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, we wanted it to be hard. Like, we wanted them to be really sad at the end. But you almost want it, you don't, generally you don't want it to work out for them, because, again, like, we talked about... It's just trend. that, like, being a ghost works for a Yeah, the go- this is a paranormal love story, and then you find out that somehow, against all odds, maybe the magic of the ritual has something to do with it, but this boy was stabbed and murdered four or three days ago put on a cement slab in the basement dungeon cave of an old church and his body is slowly bleeding out over time but his body's still like viable because when he comes back to life he just in his body which has been drained of blood and somehow the heart is still beating i don't understand the magic yeah it's magic but it's still like it's just interesting because we have we basically have the final fight which i guess we could just get through completely uh yadriel's uncle katrice fails to conjure this spirit from the underworld to come and basically 
destroy all the Bruja's lives and give him all the power that he never had. So he fails. Then Yadriel's like, okay, I have the opportunity now to, to save all of these four souls that are trapped in this amulet thing if I sacrifice myself. So he does. And no Brujo has ever done that. No one can bring someone back to life. But of course he does but, because he's like, amazing. Uh, but I also knew he was going to come back to life the whole time. Did you really? Yeah. There are so many clues in this book that are so obvious. They're talking uh-huh. about the chicken blood. They're talking about how real per- people's blood is more powerful. Yeah. They even have a conversation with Julian. Julian's like, can you bring people back to life? And Yadriel's like, no, no. No one's been able to do that in years. Yeah. I just figured it's like, the way they set up the rules, it's like, you want to just believe like he's dead. Like his soul is here. It's attached to this necklace thing. That's how they found him. Like he's gone. And I just liked the finality of that. because I just love ghosts. Everyone wants to have like a ghost love story. And second of all, you doesn't have to be like a story that has a dark ending just because the character dies. They're in a culture that celebrates death. death yes, so I, it makes sense. I, for them I thought, to die. what do we find out? Like Julian's like a brujo secretly because he doesn't because the mother was like missing. Yes. There was that inkling. <gasps> like potential what it, for a sequel. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. But like I'm saying, like his body was drained of its blood. He was a basically a corpse. Like they said, his skin was gray, his lips were blue. He was on the verge of being an actual corpse, and his soul snapped back into his body. And this boy was off running because he's like, "No, you can't take him away from me." I'm like, "When? Where did this come from?" By the end of it, you would have thought that they like were like married. I mean, they're like up. They were deeply in love. Like like Julian ripped himself. He had to be held down in his hospital bed for like what seemed like hours by his friend and sedated because he had was trying to rip it was going to tear his stitches out to run and find yadriel and i'm like oh my god they said he's okay (laughs) and like he doesn't i think it speaks to how he he loves his family and he does and and julian is a character who doesn't have reason to trust the world like he's lost a mom he has a horrible relationship with his brother also lost his dad and is like a street kid so his family he has to hold them really close and he really wanted yadriel to be okay but it was like a lot right Am I crazy? They all go to the hospital. They all get patched up. And within 24 hours, they're just back to the cemetery having a party. Yeah. Boom. I almost feel like they could have skipped the hospital scene and went straight to the epilogue. I was so excited that it was over. Maurizia ends up doing a little ritual and like we know that she's going to save Yadriel. But there's a finality to it where they're like getting into the ambulances and it ends on like this cute... I feel like it ended well. Deming it to a hospital... Where, you just get all this information you don't need. Yeah, I didn't need to know that they're in their hospital beds waking up. Like, I knew they weren't going to die. Ugh, it was just a lot. And I'm like, so Julian really f-ing loves him. I thought Luca was his boyfriend. Luca was his bo- Was he not his boyfriend? I thought this, he was his boyfriend. Absolutely. But that's the thing. I'm like, what about Luca? Because he sounds so cute. Which is a friend of Julian who just, like, is his little soft boy. Do you have any points you want to cover? I think... You said something about it being sort of like a, a coming out story, but to me, I feel like it's not a coming out story. I think I was wrong in saying that. Because he is so visible, he's so open. It starts where I feel like a lot of YA books would end, mm. where like you get the whole coming out story, the whole struggle of keeping it a secret, from being in the closet. This is not that at all. No. Which is refreshing to me because I think obviously like books in general follow trends and we're seeing this big influx of like books about gay stories in YA specifically that 
are all about coming out because that is an issue for a lot of, you know, young adults reading, you know? Well, I, that's why I think I love that this is like sort of about the nuances of like the trans identity. There's so many more obstacles that come after mm -hmm. coming out, even if you have the most supportive family support system in the world. It's a perfect book for like just queer kids who want to like see, oh my God, like this person's just talking about wearing their binder and it's not like, this is a binder and this is how, and my, no, like the family just is for the most part chill. But they, they haven't changed their way of thinking. They talk about the dead name, but they don't ever use the dead name. No, like, I... Like, you yeah. don't find out what the dead name is. Yeah. And I think for a lot of people who are, like, cis straight people, mm -hmm. they have this weird, like... Fascination. Cool fascination. They put your identity on the transition itself and not just, like, my what I'm presenting to you is what you're getting. Cis people aren't owed anything. Yeah. And this book is like, yeah, I don't owe... It's not for the white geese. It's not for the cis geese. It's not for any... It's really just, like, a picture of... An identity that isn't represented and it shows you this is just how it should be navigated. What is gender identity in this context? That's the superpower of this book. It's is like, that, that was the plan. As like, if the, the gender binary wasn't so strict. Yeah. Like, in, in general, like, yeah. this book puts even more of an emphasis on, like... Like, you feel bad for Yadriel, but also, like, he doesn't really let you feel bad for him. Because he's, like, no. very strong. But you, you realize you're, like... Like, waking up in this body and knowing that you have to now navigate, like, a whole centuries of culture of what men... In, it's not just in America, it's in this community mm -hmm. where so much is put on gender. That's incredibly difficult. And he's so brave and he's so cute. Julian has showed him... Because, like, Marie, he says, like, Maurizio and Uncle Catrice, like, understand me. They've always been my allies. But I had to explain to them yeah. everything. Like, Maurizio was not educated on this. Obviously, the uncle wasn't. But Julian's just like, okay... Period. So, where's the food? Like, what's next? Like, can we go... Like, it's not a caveat to him understanding Edril at all. It's just like, oh, that's it. And I think, like, for a trans person to find someone who they find attractive, ha they have chemistry with, there's no uphill battle at all to be like, yes, I am trans and that's why XYZ. It's just, it is what it is. That's part of the beauty of this book too. It just illustrates what trans people in relationships, yeah. I also the potential for having that. And I also being happy. appreciate that this book doesn't doesn't really dwell into the, like the toxicity in the gay community itself. <laughs> we there's enough books on that. <laughs> I think Ian Thomas because, was like, "This is not for the gays." Because like, I think it's like a little too complicated for a YA novel it's to very, like, get into like. No. The nuances of what's so toxic about the toxic masculinity that runs through gay culture. The issues at hand here, like, they're young. They're not on Fire Island. Like, oh. they're not, like, in New York City. Like, they're teens in L.A. And really, I, re I don't read books about trans people ever. So that's what this had its plan to do. And it did it. It didn't need to be you know for cis people to understand. It didn't need to be for gays to be like... We didn't even have to understand it. No. We didn't. <laughs> so every, again, this whole episode, pointless. <laughs> but we liked it, and we learned stuff. Yeah. And, like, I would ask... I liked it, if only because it was so different, so new, oh, yeah. so visible, so diverse, so mm. specific. And can I say, like, it did not pander to some weird diversity quota. Okay, they're gay, or they're queer, or they're this, or they're that, and um, didn't feel you know forced. What? You can tell a lot about a book by how much you can picture the fan art of it. Yeah. I could, like, log into AO3 and read fanfiction about this for the rest of my life. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I don't know what AO3 is. Is that bad? Maybe it's better if I don't know what it is. Maybe that says something about me and something about you. Aiden Thomas, if you're listening. If you're listening, do you want to be our friend? <laughs> for real, like, I love this book and it's brilliantly done. And I, I think the fact that it's a YA novel makes it just, like, better because kids 
or young adults, whatever, should be reading it. There is a different set it. of problems for every age group, and this one tackles... I like that this wasn't that mature. Yeah. It was just, like, fun. It's fun. And... It deals with such serious issues, world problems, cultural, mm-hmm. you know, co- conflicts that, like... It just needs to be fun, too. I love ghost stories. And I yeah. think, like, for a culture that's all about, like, celebrating death and ghosts, and I'm someone who likes paranormal things, I didn't know anything about this. I'm glad I finally read a book that's like, oh, well, there's this whole culture of, like, magic that surrounds, like, yeah. spirits, and, like, they live in a cemetery, and it's like, I've I've never seen, like, a medium where this is presented. I can't name a TV show, really, or a movie, or, like, I just said, like, a book that really is able to go into depth about what this culture is, how it works, and it's also just, like, relatable, fun, easy, and it's gay, and it's gay, and it's gay, and it's queer. Like, what? Imagine being trans, male, gay, Latinx. Like, period. And reading this book and feeling so incredibly seen. And it's magic. And it's magic, (laughs) and it's fun, and you get a gay boyfriend. Whether or not this story was literally about magic, it was magical. Aiden Thomas, thank you for this story, and I hope you hear this. I hope you hear this, (laughs) and you listen to what we said. Yeah, you better listen to us, because we know everything. (laughs) All right, thanks, guys. Bye.